Faith for Today with Colin Urquhart and Julia Fisher. We are finding as we read the letters that were originally written to the seven churches in the book of Revelation that they are strangely relevant to the church today, Colin. We're looking at the church in Philadelphia. Yes, all of them have something to say, don't they, into the contemporary situation. So let's just read what he says to this church. These are the words of him who is holy and true, who holds the key of David. What he opens, no one can shut, and what he shuts, no one can open. Now that's a, that's a wonderful statement. It does show that God is in complete control. You know, you look at circumstances and you sometimes think, well, things have got out of control, even out of God's control. But no, that is never the case. And, you know, this whole idea of pushing doors is uh, is up the wall, really, because God opens doors and God closes doors. And what he wants us to do is to go through the door that he opens before us. Uh, and because he will always open the right door at the right time so that we can do the right things. It's a wonderful promise, actually, that, isn't it? Absolutely. And then he says, I know your deeds. (laughs) We've talked about that quite a bit these last couple of weeks. See, I have placed before you an open door that no one can shut. I know that you have little strength, yet you have kept my word and have not denied my name. A church under pressure, as these churches were at this time because there was a lot of persecution, feeling, you know, you don't have much strength in the face of all the opposition in the face of the challenge of making the gospel known in a very pagan world, which was the kind of situation in which they were placed. And yet knowing that these people have been faithful in keeping God's word uh, and, and maintaining their faith. You see, you did not deny my name. That is in the face of persecution, even possibly to the point of uh, death, of being martyred. But these, these people were prepared to confess their faith and maintain their faith in Jesus Christ as the Son of God. Then he says, I will make those who are of the synagogue of Satan, who claim to be Jews though they are not, but are liars, I will make them come and fall down at your feet and acknowledge that I have loved you. Now, what is all this about? Well, what we have to understand is that still at the time these uh, letters were written, there was violent opposition from the Jewish synagogues against the Christian faith, the early Christians. The Christian church began as what was regarded as a sect of Judaism. Um, It would rather be like, uh, okay, there were Jewish synagogues and then there were Christian synagogues. That's really what they were like. I mean, Jesus and his disciples were like a Christian synagogue. They would have observed and kept the law, but at the same time, there was all the new life that Jesus came to give, the life of the kingdom that lived within them. Um, But, of course, Paul, for example, wherever he went, would always go to the synagogue first, and he would try to persuade people 
um, that Jesus Christ was their Messiah. And he would open up the scriptures to them to show that even in the prophetic words, the Messiah had to suffer um, and then be raised from the dead. So he was saying, look, all these scriptures, like Isaiah 53, for example, all these scriptures point to Jesus as the Messiah. This would produce violent reaction in the churches, uh, in the synagogues. Some were convinced and would go over and become Christians. Others, violent reaction. They would throw Paul out. They would stone him to death. They would do all kinds of things um, as a violent reaction against what he was saying. So... Uh, what does it mean to say who are Jews and are not? You see, what the Christian, these early Jewish Christians were saying is to be a true Jew is to be one who accepts Jesus as the Messiah because a true Jew believes in his Messiah. Jesus is your Messiah. Therefore, to be a true Jew, you believe in Jesus Christ as your Messiah. And of course, that is an attitude which God himself is condoning here. But he's saying, I will make them come and fall at your feet and acknowledge that I have loved you. In other words, there's going to come a time when they will come to you because they will recognize that what you have been saying and preaching and teaching to them is in fact the truth. So there's a word of encouragement here that many that have been opposing will actually become believers. Paul, for example, uh, would have been able to understand that because he was persecuting the church, wasn't he? He was imprisoning Christians. He was consenting to their death before he became a believer himself. So he repented. His whole life turned right around. And so also here, those who have been opposing many of them will, in due course, become believers themselves. This letter seems to talk a lot about the future. Well, of course, um, the whole of the book of Revelation is talking about the future, isn't it? And um, uh, God is wanting uh, to give his church vision. Uh, without vision, the people cast off restraint, the people perish. They don't know where to go. There's no motivation to really seek after God and his purposes. So all the time, uh, God is wanting to encourage his people and to envision his people so that he can motivate his people. Since you have kept my commands and endure patiently, I will also keep you from the hour of trial that is going to come upon the whole world to test those who live on the earth. I am coming soon. Hold on to what you have so that no one will take your crown. So, you see, there is always this need, and you see this in, in all these letters, the need of perseverance. The, it's, it's no good, as far as God is concerned, for people to say, I made a commitment. Oh, well, I was born again. Oh, well, I know the Lord. 
Oh, well, we had a great move of God in our church a few years ago. I mean, to God, all that is not the point. The point is, where are you in your relationship with me now? What are you doing in relationship to me now? How is my spirit able to work through you now? In what ways are you obeying my commands so that you are bearing fruit for the glory of my Father now? Uh, God is not just a God of yesterday and yesteryear and what has happened in the past. He is concerned about what we are allowing him to do in our lives personally and through his church now. It seems to be that sense that God was warning them that they would have to face a time of persecution. Do you think that uh, he, he does that today? Well, of course, they, they, um, they were suffering persecution. Now, the persecution wasn't always continuous, and it was... It was much stronger in some places than in others. Uh, one country where there's a lot of persecution today is China. Another is Burma. Um, the Chinese situation is perhaps the easiest for us to talk about because uh, in China, the persecution against the Christians can be much stronger in some areas than in other areas. And there are some, even in some areas where it's strong, there can then be a period of time when they leave Christians alone. And then suddenly there is another wave of persecution and many pastors are in prison. Some may even lose their lives for the sake of the gospel. It it's, um, keeps the church on its toes because you never know when persecution is going to break out again. Now, it was like this in the first century. There were times when the persecution was very strong. There were times when the church was left in relative peace. The persecution was much stronger in some areas than in others. But what the Lord seems to be saying here to the church in uh, Philadelphia is that a strong sort of general kind of persecution is, is on the way, is coming. Good to have that kind of warning because you know then you, you've got to stand firm. You must stand firm. You must not deny Christ because he says if you deny Christ, then he would be, deny you before his heavenly Father. So they understood, they understood that um, the thing you must never, ever, ever do is to deny your faith in Jesus Christ. Uh, that um, you must remain faithful and true to the end, even even if it's going to cost you your life. Interesting that to every church, God says, to he who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. We're talking about these letters and putting them into a contemporary situation. What is God saying to the church here in the UK today, Colin? Yeah, well, you see, that's a phrase I'm going to talk about a little more on Friday when we talk about the overcoming, or the overcomers. Because... Um, what God is saying to these churches is yes, to congratulate them in some things, to encourage them, but it is very important that they take note of the things that he holds against them so that they do repent and they do clean up their act and they do come through to a place of greater obedience. But it's also important that they hear the promises that God is making. And all these overcoming statements are great promises. And uh, God rewards obedience. 
Each man will be rewarded according to what he has done. And we will find when we look at these statements on Friday, they are just so encouraging uh, as to what God is going to do for those who are faithful to the end. You've been listening to Faith for Today, presented by Julia Fisher. This program is sponsored by Kingdom Faith. For further information, visit our website, kingdomfaith.com. 